What makes you say wow? Gazing at the Milky Way in the night sky, watching the sunset from a bayside beach or the ocean surf after a winter storm? The feeling evoked in these wow moments is known as awe. It turns out experiences of awe strengthen our immune system, improve our psychological well-being, and even change our brain in unique ways. I'm Gwingu Zhou, and you're listening to Here For You, the Helping Our Women radio show where we discuss topics related to wellness and well-being. Today, we're talking with Jonah Paquette, a clinical psychologist and author of four books, including Happily Even After, Awestruck, and The Happiness Toolbox. Through his teaching and writing, Jonah provides practical research-based strategies to foster well-being and connection in everyday life. He teaches at the Cape Cod Institute, where people working in health, mental health, or coaching professions take week-long continuing education programs with experts like Jonah from across the country, and we're recording here today at the Cape Cod Institute. Welcome, Jonah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really glad that you were able to uh, join me this afternoon for this interview. And before we talk about the course you're teaching, Mm -hmm. tell us a bit about what you've been doing in the afternoons here on Cape Cod, how you've been enjoying some of the time when you're not teaching. Yes, great question. So for for listeners uh, and viewers, we we only teach the mornings, so then we have the whole day free, which is great. And I've actually come to Cape Cod uh, for over 35 years, uh, wow. with, first with my family. I haven't been teaching at the Institute that long, but uh, <laughs> about eight years here. But I just love so much of, of being out on the Cape, so I've been trying to spend the afternoons certainly hitting up as many beaches as I can, mm-hmm. eating as many lobster rolls as I can, uh, bike, ride, bike yeah. riding on the rail trail, and just been loving it. Do you have a favorite lobster roll at a local restaurant? Uh, I would say for lobster rolls, I'm a fan of the Knack in Orleans. Uh-huh. I'm a fan of the uh, Friendly Fisherman up in Wellflakes. Yes. Um, those are probably my two yep. go-tos, but I'm always on the lookout for, for All right. the ones. So. That sounds good. <laughs> um, it's an ongoing question in our family. Where's the best bet, lobster roll? Right. So you said you've taught here at the Institute for approximately eight years. Yeah. How did you start teaching here, and what keeps you coming back? Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to remember if it was seven or eight, but something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did I start? I had just started to um, write a few, my first couple of books, and uh, started to do a bit of teaching and speaking, and really discovered how much I loved it. And I'd always been aware of the Institute, kind of in the, in the background, but it always seemed like this very unattainable, mm. you know, world-renowned experts coming right. in. And what I actually did was the person running the Institute at the time, I just took what I thought was a shot in the dark, one in a mm-hmm. thousand chance of working, and I directly reached out and I said, hey, introduce myself, here are my books, I've been teaching on these topics, mm-hmm. and I noticed that there wasn't anything in the course catalog that quite resonated with my topics. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of other amazing speakers and topics, but not so much on psychological well-being and awe and mm-hmm. all that. And I basically offered my, you know, services if they, and I was surprised to get a response and even more surprised to get an affirmative response. And that was about eight years ago and I haven't looked back. And you've been invited back. I've been invited back. Again and again. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was how I got started. And, you know, this was, this was known even for people all around the country in mental health really Mm -hmm. as one of the places to come. Um, People come from all around the world. Uh, to the Institute to have five days of immersive learning, mm-hmm. discussion, dialogue. It's not just you know being talked at for, for 15 hours mm-hmm. over the week, but it's actually diving in and learning the topics, experimenting with them, growing together. Uh, so it's a really unique, and to do it in a, in a natural environment where you get to go home and 
um, you know, immerse yourself in nature and natural beauty afterwards, I really think helps to bring that learning experience full circle. So I'd always dreamed of coming even just to attend the, the Institute, but then to, to teach here has become a dream. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're here and then I get a chance to meet you. I um, every year look at all the different people who come. And so here we are in conversation yeah. today. And the program you're teaching is called Awe, Wonder, and the Science of a Meaningful Life. What exactly are you talking about when you teach about the feeling of awe? Mm. Yeah, so this idea of awe, uh, I became really fascinated about a few years ago. Um, and there were a few of those little micro moments I can trace things back to. I think I've always had this awareness that these moments of wow and wonder and feeling small in the presence of something bigger, mm. whether it's looking up at the night sky or a beautiful work of art or a beautiful natural setting have always been very meaningful to me. But in, I would say a few years ago, I had this series of kind of unique events, one of which happened on the Cape, which mm. was seeing that incredible eclipse back in mm -hmm. 2017 and just seeing the reactions of people all around me, just jaws dropping, mouths agape, hear a pin drop and mm -hmm. just this recognition of there's something very magical happening here and I wanted to learn more about it. And then a few other things kind of happened from there. I started to, I stumbled across randomly on a late night reading session about mm -hmm. uh, the accounts of astronauts visiting, you know, going to outer space and seeing the earth from outer space yeah. and returning home basically forever changed from that. Wow. Uh, some of them started nonprofits, others mm -hmm. became humanitarians, but either way, that idea that a single powerful moment could change our lives for the better really captivated me. And of course, in our field, we have no problem buying into that when it comes to single difficult moments and mm -hmm. traumas and mm -hmm. things like that. But when it comes to these magical moments of life, um, it took me a little while to wrap my head around. So anyways, I started to get really into this idea of awe and wonder and the, the benefits of it. And over the last five years or so, there's been just this incredible rise of research, people learning about how do these moments affect our mental health, mm -hmm. our mood, our relationships, even our brain and our nervous system and our health. And I became really, really fascinated not only with that, but wanting to share that with groups of participants in my in my talk. So I wrote a book called Awestruck all about it, uh -huh. talk about it here on the Cape, and um, haven't looked back since in terms of really emphasizing the importance of these moments in our lives. Yeah, that's really what you just said, that single powerful moment is mm -hmm. um, what I'm focusing in on and, and thinking about um, ways we can cultivate or foster that experience here on the Cape. And you've already mentioned the abundant natural beauty. I think of the remarkable quality of Cape light mm -hmm. in daily moments of wonder or awe here on the Cape. Yet we're also a geographically isolated community mm -hmm. with a large number of older adults who live mm -hmm. alone. And in fact, the Cape is considered rural from both the federal and state public health point of view, mm -hmm. because if you live in the outer Cape, you live further from a hospital than most residents in Massachusetts. Mm. So um, access to services is a sure. challenge. And when the summer weather that invites you out mm. goes away, um, there are other challenges of living in a rural sure. community. So what, what do you want in our listeners to know about some of this research about mm. why cultivating uh, these single powerful moments mm. of awe are important? And, and ways they might think about uh, trying to do that? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, I think in terms of the why, I'll just give the, the brief version of yeah. it, but I think, you know, these moments have been now studied pretty reliably and, and in pretty impressive ways for quite a while now. And um, 
from a mental health standpoint, they've been shown to boost our mood in a lasting way. So mm. even a couple of weeks later, we can still feel better mood-wise than we were before. They've been shown to lower our stress, including even symptoms of post-traumatic stress. They help us feel more connected. It's a very connecting emotion. And that's one of the most, I think, powerful findings that's shown up over and over again in this research is when we experience these moments, we see ourselves much more in terms of part of the human condition, the group. Mm. Um, so it's a very binding emotion in that way. It makes us kinder towards others. It makes mm -hmm. us more compassionate. So psychologically, a lot of benefits. But amazingly enough, like these moments have also been shown to decrease inflammation in our body. Wow. So our physical health changes, our nervous system responds yeah. in, in a pretty powerful way to it. Um, so there's both physical and mental and social, I would say, those three big yeah. areas, benefits to experiencing it. Now, I think it's easy to hear that word awe and think about these like Grand Canyon or yeah. once in a lifetime sunset at overlooking mm -hmm. the ocean on the Cape. But I think it's just as important, I would say, to, to look for it in the small stuff too. Yeah. Um, so not, not as a replacement, but really more to look at life through that lens of wonder. Nice. Um, so yes, there are these are the flashbulb experiences that we'll talk about in 20 years, but can we see changing colors of leaves or moments of love and connection with people that we care mm -hmm. about really as wonders that they are. I sometimes actually like to think about the fact that the odds of any of us existing here, you, me, having this conversation, being alive, having consciousness mm -hmm. is basically as close to zero as you get without mm -hmm. being zero everything that had to line up exactly the way it had to, if any variable changed along the way, any of our ancestors, any, you know, any right turn instead of left, life could have been very different and we wouldn't mm -hmm. exist. So the odds of us existing basically are as close to zero as you get without being zero. And when we start to engage in life through that way, mm -hmm. not only the beautiful parts of life, but even the difficult ones, even the bittersweet ones become gifts in their own way. It doesn't mean they mm -hmm. feel good, but it means just the experience of being on this planet of mm -hmm. having consciousness, of having conversation, of breathing the air that we breathe is quite magical in a way that I think we don't often remember. So I would say when it comes to awe, yes, there's the big stuff, there's the right. amazing moments, but you know, the phone that we have in our pocket yeah. that has more computing power than what it took to launch the Apollo mission or you know, talking to someone halfway around the world, these right. are miraculous things that we so often miss. Yeah, so what I'm hearing you say is really it's about living with this I'm thinking of it as a deeply appreciative yeah. stance and view yes. of, of, of the world and of mm -hmm. life. And that's, um, that's really helpful for me to understand after reading and preparing for mm -hmm. a conversation with you here. Yeah. So what about, um, are there, I don't know, a couple of tips yeah, yeah. or thoughts you have or practices, I guess yeah. is the word I'm looking good, for. Good question. And I think um, one, one thing I'll just say at the outset is that no one size fits all. Yeah. And that what gives me a sense of awe or wonder might not do it for you and mm -hmm. vice versa. I, I live out in California and I live near the Redwood Forest and oh. I just love them. I'm in awe in them of, uh, when I'm in them. But when I've had people, friends come and visit, for example, over the years, I can think of one in particular. I won't name names. Mm -hmm. But I was taking my, my friend in the Redwoods, and he turned to me at one point and said, so is there anything to see here besides the trees? Oh, my goodness. So that's not how I felt. So anyways, <laughs> I'm happy to, to share a couple of ideas, but yeah. just recognizing that if we don't experience awe the way that we think we quote unquote should, yeah. that that almost is something just to be on the lookout for. There's no right or wrong reaction. Yeah. I look at it more like we want to just find more opportunities to experience this emotion. We know if I'm holed up inside, isolated, mm -hmm. withdrawing, staring at screens all day, 
I'm probably not going to experience a lot of it. Yeah. So a lot of it's just finding ways to get out there. Now, in terms of where to look, I certainly think nature is a great muse mm -hmm. for all. Anything in the natural world can be a great way to do it. Uh, learning about people that inspire us and uplift us mm -hmm. can give us that sense of awe of just their courage, their conviction, their, you know, yeah. the ability. Um, I would say learning about topics that just expand our mind, like learning about anything to do with the human body, with mm -hmm. space, with the brain. These are all mind-blowing topics that we're just scratching the surface of in terms of understanding. But if we can, you know, just dive into those a little bit and be curious yeah. and just see that, you know, the, the, the broader whole there can be really meaningful. Um, you know, so I think there's lots of different ways that we can find it, the arts and creativity and, mm -hmm. you know, watching people perform music or like, musically or athletically or, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, all of these can be opportunities to feel small in the presence of something bigger than ourselves. If you're just joining us, I'm Gwen Guzzo from Helping Our Women, and this is the How Radio Program here for you, where we discuss topics related to wellness and well-being. Today, I'm talking with clinical psychologist Jonah Paquette about wow moments in our life when we experience a sense of awe or wonder and how to foster being awestruck to promote resilience in our own lives. So what about you, Jonah? What's a recent way that you've experienced awe or noticed mm. that moment? I experienced it here on the Cape last night, in yeah. fact, I would say, um, and a very conducive place to experiencing awe, but I actually went on a sunset kayak um, oh, nice. out in uh, Nauset Marsh. Yeah. And very few people out on the water. It was a perfectly still night, mm. beautiful sunset. You know, the clouds were in the perfect place. Mm -hmm. And I truly just had this moment of just stopping my paddling, looking around, seeing the stillness, the beauty, the light hitting the marsh grass, of just, just this sheer sense of wonder and gratefulness for being alive and this mm -hmm. sense of like, what a gift to be able to experience this, um, mm -hmm. even if for a moment. And like, life is going to have struggles stress, pain, if there's one thing we know, it's going to throw us that. But to pause and just reflect and to take in those magical moments, I think is really a powerful thing we can do. And for me, that was, it was definitely a, um, just a, a really magical moment last night uh, out there. Thanks for sharing that. And I know a lot of our listeners know the general location mm -hmm. of Nosset Marsh and, and where you might have been in and amongst mm -hmm. the um, marsh grass. Um, so, it seems to me this is a very serious thing, and it's easy to think about awe or wonder or these magical mm -hmm. moments as um, just going by, and, mm -hmm. and that the seriousness or gravity of challenges we face, mm -hmm. we put a different um, balance or frame on, mm -hmm. on the hard stuff. Yeah. And so I'm just appreciating you out on the marsh and us taking time in this conversation to be with that and to slow down even in this 25 minute interview mm -hmm. for a few moments for any of us listening for you and I as you were talking to think about my own body regulated somewhat mm -hmm. as I heard where you were and how still yeah. it was and the clouds were in just the right place mm -hmm. and i get what you mean uh -huh. so from my own experiences and that's and i'm i'm saying this and, and going off on this little tangent because i it's very serious mm -hmm. and 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 then what i want to ask then is another um insight into the research mm -hmm. that so much of us in a western 
world and culture want to know. Mm. Well, it's not serious. He's out kayaking. Mm. He had a good time. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more. Like I even just used the word. Mm-hmm. I felt my body yeah. regulate. Like why? Let's spend a minute there yeah. to a little bit more about yeah. why that matters. And if you don't mind yeah. continuing to use that example. Yeah. It's a great question because I think it's easy to look at these moments and to think of them as kind of the, like the bonus in a good life, but not all that important. It's like, oh, sure, a great moment of awe, but you know, back to the serious stuff. And I think one of the things that's really great about these experiences in ways big or small um, is you know, not only those mental health benefits that we mentioned, but this slowing down of our nervous system, the mm. stilling effect. Uh, it's a very mindful experience. It's, it, it centers us. It even turns off, quote unquote, the parts of our brain that tend to really ruminate and worry and dwell. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows us to be present. It allows us to feel interconnected. So in those moments, our brain actually releases oxytocin, which is the sort of love bonding and affiliation hormone and neuropeptide and neurotransmitter. So we're feeling connected. We're feeling safe. We're feeling more mm. relaxed. We're feeling, most importantly, though, connected to something that's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. It transcends just who we are in a narrow sense, and binds us to that broader world, universe, humanity, you name it. So these moments, as much as they might not on the surface always seem deathly serious, I think I have huge implications to just find a little bit more of them in our life because it improves our mood, our relationships, even our health mm-hmm. um, and our nervous system in some pretty powerful ways. And you know, it is so easy to focus on the negative. It is so easy to get fixated on the stress of life. Mm-hmm. And our, our brain does that for a reason. We have a negativity bias and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that we do that for survival and it's good for that. But when it comes to finding joy and meaning and purpose, we actually have to often deliberately seek those out and to cultivate those states of awareness um, because it's so easy otherwise to focus on stress, worry, rumination, which are all very real, right? right. Not, not, nothing means that this is not there as well, but yeah. it's about making room for the, the whole experience. I'm wondering, as I was thinking about this, um, it's, is it possible to have an overload <laughs> of awe or wonder? It's a, I want to say it's a silly question. No, I'm, not at all. I'm guessing it isn't possible because I know every day almost I drive from Orleans to Provincetown and that quality of the light when I'm mm. leaving work, and it's also a way to decompress, yeah. But I so noticed the sky and the East Harbor and the dunes. Um, if, you know, can I get too much awe? <laughs> no, this is not, not a silly question at all. Um, it would appear not. And part of that's because we are really good at just snapping out of those moments and getting back to the stress that, you know, uh, you, you could be driving yeah. and seeing that beautiful light. Mm-hmm. If somebody cuts you off, you will not be feeling awe. You will be <laughs> feeling something yeah. else. Yeah. Um, so there does not appear to be much of a risk. What we do know is like for many people, and this is I think another good thing for listeners to, to realize is, you know, what gives a person a powerful experience of all today, mm-hmm. if you experience it over and over again, some people do find, understandably, that it doesn't give them that same mm-hmm. kick, so to speak, on the 10th or 15th. And that's totally normal. That's actually just because awe is often so much linked to novelty, mm-hmm. that if we've experienced something over and over again, we may not have that same reaction. So I say that just because, you know, I don't want pe- listeners to think that there's anything wrong with them if that were the case. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you know, being on the lookout for, these are often very brief moments. And yeah. I think that's one of the really amazing things is we might have this feeling for a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. and yet it can still change us in a lasting way that's far beyond uh, what we might expect. Yeah. Um, 
I guess this is another wondering thing I had mm-hmm. as we were preparing for this conversation is, is awe different from surprise mm-hmm. or how it might be? Because it seems to me moments of surprise can be moments yeah. of awe, but surprise can also have a very negative connotation yeah. too. So I'm wondering what you think about that. That's a great question. I think maybe if I back up and just, I'll give a super quick definition yeah. of all, even for, because this has yes. been how, you know, how, it's been, how it's been studied. Really, there's two main ingredients to an experience of all. First, we encounter something that's bigger than us mm-hmm. on some level, whether it's in like the physical realm or the idea realm or in a person's ability, mm-hmm. but there's something that's beyond a, kind of our, our experience. And the second is that there's something about it that challenges what we thought we knew or we're forced to kind of adapt how we make sense mm-hmm. of things. So the element of surprise is often part of it, because if I know exactly what I'm going to see around the corner, right. it's not going to give me a sense of awe. I got you. Um, but there can be surprises that are not uh-huh. awe-inspired and so forth. But really, we want to think about, like, is, am I encountering something that's bigger than me that makes me go wow and makes me kind of yeah. rethink things on certain ways? Thanks. That's yeah. really helpful. I'm, Absolutely. I'm glad I asked. So I'm interested in, I know we been touching on it or imagine about hear more about your book happily Mm. even after (laughs) and the idea here i'm asking about it because for 30 years helping our women has Mm -hmm. been improving access to health care and well-being for women Mm -hmm. who live with any kind of chronic or serious condition health condition on the outer cape so we serve over 300 women and each of them has received a health diagnosis or encountered a life event Mm -hmm. that caused them to reach out to us for some kind of support Mm -hmm. What guidance do you have for people who've received a health diagnosis that presents a challenge, um, a significant change or hardship in their daily life? Great question. Um, And before I even get Mm -hmm. to my book or anything like that, I mean, I think just making room to allow yourself to feel whatever you feel is often the first. We we become so quick sometimes to, I shouldn't feel this way, or I want to feel better immediately. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're dealing with a difficulty in life, whether it's health, whether it's grief, whether it's Mm -hmm. loss, it's really important to just kind of make room for all those feelings That's and to great. almost allow a, a grieving to happen at the, at the beginning. And then I'll just dive in a little bit to my book, Happily yeah. Even After. What inspired me to write that is I've always been focused on the science of well-being, mm-hmm. but I think there's often been this perception that like, that's what we can worry about when life is already pretty good and I want to just feel a little bit better. Ah. And what I started to really learn in looking through this research on different skills for well-being, and I'm talking about things like mindfulness, Mm -hmm. gratitude, Mm -hmm. awe, uh, Mm self-compassion, doing acts of kindness and altruism towards others. There's about uh, 12 different principles that I talk about, Mm -hmm. resilience and others in the book, is that they're actually just as important or arguably more important when life has knocked us down as opposed to waiting till we feel better and then worrying about being more you know, mindful right. or grateful or connected with other people. And mm-hmm. what I really tried to focus on in that book is to look at how do these different principles like social connection and gratitude and mindfulness and awe, how can they actually help us through the hard times in life, mm-hmm. traumas, health conditions, mm-hmm. loss, um, because I think they're just as important there. So what I would say is in addition to obviously seeking formal help and all that, is developing those inner strengths around uh, self-acceptance, around being in the moment instead of living in the past or the future, mm-hmm. about noticing the things that are right, not just fixating on the things that are that are wrong, uh, being open to the experiences of wonder. And none of these, by the way, negate the, 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 the struggles in life, yeah. but they make room to see the whole picture, to experience the full spectrum of life um, a bit more than we tend to when we're kind of locked in on that negativity. So 
Um, your book and your other books are, people can access those by finding you on your website. Mm -hmm. And I see that you have a podcast yeah. um, called The Happy Hour. As we wind down the interview, um, can you tell our listeners more about how they could find you yeah. and a yeah. little bit about that podcast and what they might expect? Yeah, so um, easiest place to just find me one-stop shop is at my website, which is just jonahpaquette.com. Uh -huh. And you know you can find all of my social media links there and uh, information about the podcast, which is called The Happy Hour, as you said. And really what a colleague of mine, uh, who I've worked with for many years, what we want to do there and what we've, we just recently started, we've interviewed about seven or eight people, is just to interview, have conversations with experts from different fields mm -hmm. that all broadly connect to how to live a better life. So we are interviewing meditation experts, mm -hmm. health experts, parenting experts, uh, chronic pain experts, you know, gratitude, you, know, you name it, of how can we, you know, what are some simple, tangible uh, steps that we can take towards living a happier and healthier life? So that's our podcast. You can find the happy hour. But yeah, simplest thing is just to go to my website. You can find all of those links there. That's great. Well, thank you, Jonah Paquette, for thank joining you. me today to share your reflections on awe, wonder, and fostering resilience. I'm Gwen Guzzo from Helping Our Women, and this is the How Radio Program here for you, where we discuss topics related to wellness and well-being. Thanks for listening, and remember, Helping Our Women is here for you. So come by our office on 34 Conwell Street in Provincetown to say hello. Thank you. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs>